Listener Production. Spread your jams and drizzle your syrups. Why is it so sticky? It's Matt and Alex All Day Breakfast. Oh, so you know how yesterday I was saying uh, I was going out to school to uh, give that little talk and hand out a few pamphlets to follow yeah. at A.E. Dyson? Yeah, so How'd I was on the, on the road uh, there yesterday, get a call from a manager because I sent an email. I was like, oh, where do I park when I get out there? Got a call. I was like, oh, no, that's tomorrow. Oh, no. Um, <laughs> so I luckily did a UE right before the toll road and uh, headed on home. Oh, so, wow. So unfortunately today you don't get any... Um, Sweet goss as to what happened at the the school and where the Dysos went viral the organic way on TikTok. And that is word of mouth. Are you going to be the cool teacher? Are you going to let everyone call you Alex? Uh, Mr. D, I'm thinking. (laughs) (laughs) We had a guy called Mr. Steve at our school. Everyone called him Mr. Steve, substitute teacher. If you got Mr. Steve that day, oh my goodness, it was like you won a trip to Bali. It was just relaxation all day. Mr. Steve... Knew his way around a VHS. (laughs) (laughs) Love pulling the TV in, rolling the TV into class, whacking on some movie and call that an excuse for education. Yeah. Um, Was was Steve his last name? No, it was his first name. But that's what made him so cool because what? You call him by your first name, but also Mr. That's hilarious. Let's go, Mr. Steve. Um, Romeo and Juliet, Baz Luhrmann version. Hit it. Well, if... If you were or looking Shrek. for, if you were looking for an awesome episode of Matt and Alex, it's not tomorrow; it's today. Yeah. All right, we're going to be chatting to a great mate of the show, Sam Mack. Okay, Australia's favourite weatherman is going to be joining us. We're going to be delving deep inside the world of tax accountancy. I'm so happy for this insiders because I don't have a clue what goes on in that world. <laughs> You're trying to get some uh, some oh, little tax breakies, eh? I'm going to be deducting <laughs> this interview on tax. I'll tell you that much. This phone bill, all of it. We've got to find it out for you. So come tax time, you are prepared. But, Matt O'Kine, it's not all happy days. Uh, we are losing someone who we've been very, very familiar with over the last little while. It's been announced yesterday. They're leaving us, and um, we're going to tell you about that in a moment. This is Matt and Alex, all day breakfast. And no, it's not my virginity, okay? <laughs> Everyone ready? Let's get this show on the road. Let's go. Here we go, here we go, here we go. Matt and Alex, all day breakfast. Sup, dog? I mean, that was pretty urban of you. Why are you saying that? No, sup. Single-use plastics. That's what we're losing. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> Really? <laughs> oh, I tell you what, if you run into Matt O'Kine anywhere, just can I recommend just annoying Matt O'Kine? Because it's it's such a satisfying thing with a pun, not in a you know, a bad way. Just tell him Single a terrible pun. Single-use plastic sup <laughs> is dog. what we're talking about. Is this what you, does people know that that's what it is, or am I am I just new to this? Um, I think some people would refer to it in the biz. Look, I just put it up, put put it all together. But um, you that just is put what a we're street talking about. Spin on everything, that Alex what... Dyson, even the environment. <laughs> I did, I did do an environmental rap in Year Five. No. <laughs> oh, Alex! I just when I thought you couldn't get more Alex Dyson, you got more Alex Dyson. I was walking through the park one summer's day. No, when a young little kid came walking my way, I said, "Hey, little dude, what is up?" He said, "My dog just swallowed a plastic cup." Yo, <laughs> then beatbox break. 
So we took him downtown to the vet, but the guy that was there said, hey, not yet. We got an operation on this cat to do. He's just been hit with a Nike shoe. Yeah, booch, booch. <laughs> Someone threw the shoe from up above. It looked just like a graceful dove. But as it was descending, we knew that we were wrong. That's because it was a meeting, a disgraceful pong. Yo, booch, booch, booch. <laughs> Okay, that was that was impromptu. I'll, I'd no, there that was, was impromptu, no but that was the, that was the rap, wasn't it? Oh, it you was. remember it? It was word for word <laughs> what Alex Dyson said in Mrs. Bolsher's class in Year Five. Um, but that, it was about not throwing things away because things like plastic cups they get stuck in the environment, and dogs eat them in parks on summer's days. And yeah. so, um, finally. Even after 1998, that rap came out and changed how the world thought about single-use plastics. Finally, Coles and Woolworths have said, it's stopping in their shops. They're catching up, aren't they? And look, you know, they did a, they did a decent job getting rid of the single-use plastic bags mm. shopping, um, even though now I just have to buy rubbish liners. Um, so, you know, that's also a bit annoying. Also, forget them. Had to pay for another 15 cent bag just the other day. Oh. Always a bit annoying. But they're doing their bit. Coles Woolworths and consumer goods giant Unilever are among businesses joining the ANZPAC Plastic Pact. Man, that'd be hard to say in a wrap. Which will launch a new circular economy program this week designed to tackle the plastics crisis. Um, people like Coca-Cola, Arnott's, Nestle, among 60 members who are committing to a series of ambitious plastic reduction targets, including 100% of plastic packaging to be reusable, recyclable, or compostable. Yeah, so a couple of these things, look, they're, what they're doing is looking at actually in advancing the technology around recycling. For mm. instance, you know, being able to turn things like the soft plastic that, uh, you know, your bread comes in, uh, yeah. you know, or, or your chippies turning them back into an oil, which then produces new soft plastic packaging. All right. So, you know, we're not getting, they're not, they're not saying we're going to completely get rid of the packaging, mm. but it's just, we're going to reuse it better. Much like we had a, the um, low court on Monday. Exactly. You know? The single use is having more uses. They can be broken down. They can be made into something new. There's going to be someone out the back of, of, of the supermarket, you know, dishwashing liquid sink. <laughs> <laughs> Just scrubbing out the bread, turning it out inside out, getting the crumbs out of the corners, you know, yeah. hanging it on to dry. Because if nothing is done, by 2040, the amount of plastic on the market will have doubled and the plastic entering the ocean would have almost tripled. Like about 3% of plastics made now end up in the ocean. That's a lot of plastic. You don't want that. Sure is, unless it's me <laughs> on my boogie board entering <laughs> the green room. I'll tell you what, it, it has been, we've had like... It, it is bad and we've got to change. But I tell you what, with those single uses, we had a pretty good run. For a long time there, it was very convenient and cost-effective yeah. for the capitalist society we were in. It was. But, I mean, the, the clock's ticking. Mm. And it's, it's inevitable, you know. And it's, and it's sad to see single-use plastics in the state that they're in. But we do think that while they're still around, it's best that we give them their goodbye right now with a little living eulogy to subs. Dear single-use plastic cutlery, it's not surprising that you won't survive the year considering you barely survive a single meal. <laughs> Don't think I've ever used you without the prongs of the fork 
poking out at the literal right angles. I'm going to miss eating soup with what seems to be just only ever a tiny plastic spoon. Like there's never a big plastic spoon. It is terrible mm. soup eating. It's like you're giving your soup a kiss, isn't it? <laughs> it's just, it's pathetic. I can barely get a mouthful. I'm going to miss shopping for a picnic, you know, or a park day with friends and not remembering whether I even have any actual plastic plates or cutlery at home. So just buying more, then getting home and realising we already have four different open packets of various plastic plates and realising you now have enough single-use plastic to cater for a picnic with the entire nation of Noumea. You mean the city of Noumea in New Caledonia? <laughs> oh, that's right, yes. Oh. <laughs> Sorry, new. <laughs> sorry, New Caledonia. Oh dear. I'm about to be cancelled like them sups. Goodbye to Bendy Straws. Can't get that sweet accordion action with the cardboard, I'll tell you that much. You know that feeling when you bend a bendy straw for the first time and it just goes. <laughs> I do, but that's always where it bloody blew a hole and you're sucking up air. You're like, why am I getting no traction? There's a hole in the bend. And I'm going to miss trying to separate two plastic cups from a stack and ending up just using two cups back to back. Just feeling both of their lips on your lip. Like the enviro devil you are. Yeah, it won't be long before we're moving on to getting rid of other single-use things. What next, hey? Getting rid of single-use toilet paper? Single-use food? Hey? Just feeding each other with regurgitation like a bunch of magpies? R.I.P. single-use plastic. You were good while you lasted. I am shattered. Single-use plastics. You are irreplaceable. I mean, what are we going to put around the outside of oranges now? Their own peel? I mean, come on. Did so much for everyone over the years. You helped out your useless brother, the paper bag, when no one else would. You'd do nothing but consume mushrooms all day, and you did the heavy lifting. I mean, there's no way he'd help out with the other vegetables. <laughs> you would help everyone Spinach Carrot sticks Sea turtles There is nothing you wouldn't smother With your eternal love and support <laughs> And you supported me over the years I mean I was always on the brink of a breakdown But you were You were the stable one And it felt like Like you'd never break down for I don't know 450 years <laughs> You were also the gentlest soul I've ever met. When someone tried to use you as cutlery, you'd refuse to hurt a fly, constantly bending over backwards for everybody. <laughs> so farewell, plastic. <laughs> Let's hope our God, the big yellow bin in the sky, is right and reincarnation is possible. And I'll see you in the next life. Hopefully as a Kardashian nose or something. Let's head to the wake. Oh, damn. How am I going to eat this? Oh. Oh, no. Oh, 
coffee? Yeah, go on. A seventh coffee never hurt anyone. Now I feel a buzz. Extremely happy right now, Matt O'Kine, to be chatting to um, potentially the, the, the first Gold Logie nominee we've had on All Day Breakfast. I've been doing it for a year and um, I think they're the very first one joining us. Uh, they're TV personality, radio personality, and now author of Accidental Weatherman. Joining us from the couch that I've often slept on, it's Mr. Sam <laughs> Mack. Oh, <laughs> uh, look at it. It's... Um it's still reeling from those nights that you spent here, Alex. It's, uh, it Sam, may take a few years to truly recover. It Sam, seems to think. I can promise you now, if I've got one tip for you, it's have a baby, okay? Because <laughs> that is the only thing that stopped Alex Dyson from get from sending the uh wait mate i'm gonna be in sydney soon can i uh <laughs> stay at yours in fact my daughter doesn't even exist i just made her up to uh to stop staying over i thought your tip was going to be burn the couch but <laughs> having a baby is much more elaborate <laughs> that is a big play it's the long play sam it's good but i uh, thank you very much for joining us you have been the sunrise weather man for nigh on four to five years we're five and a half five and yeah. a half Goodness me, time flies. And uh, you've written a book about your experiences. Obviously, it's an excellent read. It's very hilarious. There's a chapter, there must be a chapter missing in this uh, book, though, because it doesn't say anything about you going through the Bureau Bureau of Meteorology, weatherman, you know, um, (laughs) course, in order to become a qualified TV weatherman. I thought that was just implied, you know, like why, why get bogged down in like the backstory? Let, let's just get to the good stuff. Get to the unicycle ride, mate. Come on. Get to the bungee jumping. Yeah. Get to the tap dancing. So, Sam, I mean, do you work? You, like, you must have a meteorologist behind like the all the info though. How does it all work? Yeah, sure. <laughs> The old Google Weather Australia and then um, <laughs> away you go every day. You know, I, Matt, I put the gist in meteorologist. I mean, we'll get close. You know, we've got, we've got this thing here, this little bad boy who uh, is with me every day. Oh, notifications, popular, whatever. Uh, if not Australia's, like, favourite weatherman of all time, you'd be up there with it. But take me back to the, the you know... <clears throat> The days leading up to you saying yes to this job. Now, I remember personally before I took on the the breakfast with Alex Dyson at Triple J, people sort of think, oh, you just you just jump into it, but you have a lot to think about. And it turned out to be the best decision I've ever made. And was this the same thing when you when you were considering whether you were gonna suddenly become a weatherman? Well, it was it was kind of out of left field. I, I was doing, you know, like you guys hosting radio shows and hosting little bits on TV and I was doing lots of little bits and then suddenly this opportunity came up and very quickly they needed an answer. And and when I say quickly, I mean so quick that I didn't have any time to even say that I had no qualifications whatsoever <laughs> in weather or meteorology. Like I haven't even done a tape short course. Um, I, don't, I, don't, I think if I was at a pub quiz night, I probably wouldn't even be the most popular, like well-versed guy on meteorology in that room. Um, I just kind of said, well, yes. And then I, I presumed that part of getting the job would involve some sort of 
you know, training in the first few months, but it just never happened. And it's now been five and a half years. <laughs> it's pretty incredible. And on on day one, as it says in Accidental Weatherman, they um they organised a, a special treat rather than training for uh for weather and barometric pressure and all those sort of things. Uh, they trained you in the ancient art of scaring the living hell out of you for others' entertainment. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> That's right. Yeah, it was. I was bun- I was uh, blindfolded on my first day. Re- took off the blindfold and um, I saw a go-kart track and thought that I was going to be go-karting, but they said, turn around. There was a big sign that said bungee. And that was literally my introduction to the show. (laughs) And as I was flying through the sky, you know, screaming for my life, I started to think, maybe I'm not here for my weather qualifications (laughs) at all. (laughs) You you have been pretty, I I can imagine that you've probably been to more places in Australia than, than most people. Um, where are some of the you know things that stand out for you on your on your travels? It's often the places that you've never heard of or, or never been before. Like one of my absolute standouts, we did a thing called Australia A to Z, where we had people write into us and tell us where we should go for for whatever letter that they the town that they lived in, and it almost became like an Olympic bid where towns were really getting behind. Like you've got to see our bakery. We our mayor is a legend. There's a guy who has a galah on his shoulder. Like all these random <laughs> things, but it was great because they were so passionate about it, and it was going really well. The feature, and then as we got close to the letter X, my producer, the human emoji, and I started going. I don't know if there is an X town. I mean, there's X mouth, but that starts with an E. Mm. So then we did a bit of digging, i.e. Google, i.e. my weather reports, <laughs> and, <laughs> and we discovered there's actually only one town in the whole country that begins with the letter X, and it's called Xantippe, X-A-N-T-I-P-P-E, and it's in the um, Wheat Belt region of Western Australia. So for, for W, which was the day previous, we were in Wagga Wagga. So we had to, in one day of travel, fly from Wagga Wagga to Sydney, wait for a connecting flight, fly from Sydney to Perth, long flight, time difference issues, get to Perth, then drive three and a half hours to the wheat belt of of WA to this place called Zantippi. There were barely signs for this place. We had to stay 45 minutes out of Zantippi because they don't have accommodation there. <laughs> so, so the next morning, because of the time difference, we start the show at, you know, 3 a.m. or something. And there's 100 people in Zantippi and the population is only 22. We couldn't believe it because all the local towns are like, we just can't believe you're going to Zantippi. They all drove an hour to get involved in this thing. And, and literally all they had in Zantippi was a rock and a shed. So we stood on top of the rock, had great views of the shed, and that was it. <laughs> <laughs> That's incredible, Sam. I, I guess it's sort of um, something I got from reading the book. It shows that, yeah, you're right, and you're so great in self-depreciating about the weather kind of thing, but it shows that the great part about your job, it's not so much about the weather, it's about the human connection of it and people are proud of their towns. They like sh- showing what their lived experience is. Can you say, uh, can you tell us a few of the great connections that you've had with people over the distance as part of this job that you may not have even realised that was part of it going in? Well, that's why I've lasted five and a half years and, you know, can probably keep going because there is actually, as you guys would learn through doing the show and and touring, like there's an endless supply of stories and characters and interesting people around Australia. There's also a lot of really boring people, but you get pretty good at avoiding (laughs) them and just moving on really fast from those conversations or or mysteriously not putting them to air. (laughs) Um, But but I don't know, like in terms of standouts, I definitely focus 
I didn't want the book to all be, you know, just the silly, wacky, crazy adventures. That's definitely a part of it. And the absurdity of the job is a part of the book. But it was important to me that it had heart. And I've, I've met some amazing people who I've just formed little connections with. And then like you guys do, you, you keep in contact with people, you become invested in their stories. And, you know, there was, um, there was a little kid um, named Aaron who was doing a sport called race running. You know, he, he needed this, um, I guess, a specially designed um, chair to be able to race and, and compete. And his hero um, is Kurt Fernley, which is just an amazing role model for him. And we met him at his school at Roselle Public School one morning. And he was telling me about reading Kurt's book. And I just put it out on the air. I said, well, Kurt sometimes watches Sunrise. I think he follows me on Instagram. I'm going to send him a DM. We're going to mention it on the show. And we're going to see if we can arrange for you to meet him. And then literally within two hours, Kurt got back to us. And, and two weeks later, Aaron met his hero, Kurt, at this training camp. And now they've been campaigning to get that sport included in more of the programs uh, around Australia. So that's just one example of like, you know, using the platform and using the people that you meet to kind of connect them with other people or to give them something to feel good about themselves. And a lot of the book is championing, you know, those people, those characters or those stories, those causes that I've met along the way. It's it's pretty crazy. Like this book forced me to look back because I'm always kind of what's tomorrow, what's next week's show. Mm. But it forced me to look back and I've been to over 800 places around Australia. And I say places because they're not all towns. Some of them are literally <laughs> caravan parks, beaches, <laughs> workplaces, yeah. like random spots that we find ourselves doing the show. But the, the randomness is part of the fun of the job. Well, look, I mean, you've been to so many places, experienced so many things, and met so many incredible people. It's all detailed in Accidental Weatherman, uh, which is available now. But, Sam, we wanted to get you, while you are with us on Matt and Alex All Day Breakfast, we thought we'd play a little game with you. Mm. Uh, and it's a game that's never been played on Matt and Alex All Day Breakfast before. This is specially crafted for you, my friend. Bespoke radio <laughs> content. <laughs> and it is a game called Never Have I Weather. <laughs> All right, so you have to say whether you have never or whether you weather have evered. Well, never have I ever, but we're just calling it weather because you're a weatherman. It's look, yeah. there is nothing. This is nothing like the actual never have I ever. This is just <laughs> we just had a good name for the segment. <laughs> All right, now. Here we hey, go. Hang on. Do, Matt, do you even want to play the game or do you just want to get out on the pub? <laughs> I just wanted to say that. Look, uh, it's been a pleasure. No, look, here we go. Here we go. Sam Mack, Australia's premier weatherman. Question one. Never have I weather gotten the weather blatantly wrong. I have definitely done that. Um, I <laughs> And I wasn't out by two or three degrees. One one morning there was a – and literally it was literally a typo and I was 14 degrees out for Adelaide. Oh, so Adelaide your hometown was, as well, Sam. <laughs> I said Adelaide 37 and sunny today and it was in the low 20s. So <laughs> Adelaideans were preparing for a heat wave. It was never going to come. Oh, they would have let you know about it as well. Question right. number two. Never have I weather. Been hung over for a live weather cross. Absolutely. And it's been well documented. Um, <laughs> look, it's it's something that, you know, the show, let's be honest, the show is essentially a tonight show. It's just on a little bit later. Like the show starts <laughs> so early. Yeah. Like, I, I go to work and people are coming home. Like the show, yeah. I get to work at 5 a.m. Like a good night ends at around 5 a.m. So yes. <laughs> Wasn't there a time where um they aired the footage of you literally getting out of a taxi and running up to a microphone <laughs> and then just getting handed the weather and you're basically just saying it straight away. Yeah, so I, <laughs> that was live on air. The poor taxi driver 
was so confused. Like a ring light, this TV lights was just suddenly in his cab. He must have thought, oh, great, I've picked up a criminal again. <laughs> <laughs> and, the, and it went live to air and they literally handed me a mic and I apologised. And look, and considering I've been doing it five and a half years, I've only either been late or missed the first cross literally two or three times. It's a mm, pretty good, that's a great pretty good number, I would say. Incredible effort. All right, well, moving on. Question number three, never have I weather... Completely lost control of a segment. I mean, you're you're around. You've got kids. You got animals. You got circus performance. Has it, when has it just gone wrong? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, I can think of a prime example of that. We were at a place called Doggy Daycare, and, and I can't see the hosts. I can only hear them. I don't see a monitor, so I heard the hosts laughing, and which is rare during my segments, as you guys would know. And um, I was wondering what they were laughing at and then Koshi actually said, Sam, turn around and I turn around and there's two dogs just absolutely going for it, like absolutely, like graphic. So I, I start to lose it. We separate them and then we go to the weather and then we come back from the weather and they, they didn't actually move them out of that section. We come back from the weather 20 seconds into the next part of the segment. The same dogs going for it again and the hosts lose it and I turn around and oh, again. So we separate them again and then this is this is the unbelievable thing about this story. We've separated the dogs so we're all good with those two. Another dog comes in, takes a dump, takes a dump in the spot where those two had been doing it all in the space of two minutes. It was unbelievable. And then as we were like, I said, guys, back to you. Like we've got it. There's nothing else to say here. We'll be back in half an hour. Another dog comes in, like from the grassy knoll, and starts eating what was on the ground. Oh, no. You can wait for thirty minutes sitting there, and nothing happens. As soon as the camera goes live, it all goes to pieces. Goodness me! Well, there are plenty of stories like that, and heaps, heaps more in Sam Mack's book, Accidental Weatherman. Congratulations on doing it, man! It's such an achievement to put it out. Uh, all the best at, uh, for the rest of it, and thank you for helping us with the weather and making us laugh every morning on sunrise. Thank you so much, guys. And if you're out and about and you want to pick it up, um, that's what it looks like in stores. I hope you enjoy it. <laughs> <laughs> Have you got up Richard a, Wilkins' a autobiography? Richard, Richard Wilkins' yeah, I couldn't find a copy of mine. Copy. <laughs> I, I swear, I've got, I gave away all my freebies. This is all I had. Did you get that <laughs> freebie as a promo copy or did you um, get it at a bookshop? My mum bought this for Christmas for me about eight years ago. Wow. Oh, how the times have changed. Did it? So what's it called? Black Ties? Yeah, uh, red, red carpets carpet. and green rooms. Ah, yeah, okay. They, he forgot to put stolen chips in the title because he's <laughs> thieved a few of our uh, chippies in, a, in his time, that's for sure. Anyway, he is went... celebrating the day he stole those chips with Andre Ryu. <laughs> oh, <laughs> tell you what. an award. Get him off the screen, Sam yeah, Mack. Get rid of it. <laughs> Thank you, Sam Mack. We'll catch you later. <laughs> Order up. That's how you like it. Perfect. Are you keeping juicy goss from me? Do you know what's going on here? We know what's going on. You won't believe it. Real juicy. So let's just keep it on the down low, shall we? Matt and Alex's Insiders. Insiders. Well, Alex Dyson, as we edge closer to EFIS, which is the end of the financial year. See, I said SUP, you say EFIS. We use acronyms. Actually, I have to say, EFIS is, is the end of financial year sale. So EFIS, EFE, is where we're edging closer to. The end of financial year, 30th of June. Wait, 30, 30 days of September, April, June. I remember. Yes, 30th of June. <laughs> <laughs> I can never remember. <laughs> okay, well, Matt's got not good with numbers, but let's get someone who is, because today's Insider, the segment where we take a look behind the curtain of different professions, is 
or should I say, was a tax accountant. Joining us now, hello, Anonymous Accountant Insider. G'day, boys. How are you? Oh, we're good. Thanks, Anonymous. Now, uh, how long were you a tax accountant for? Just out of uni up until recently. It was a couple of years ago, so it was about five, seven years. Now, I love this because it's always good to chat to anyone in their field to get the inside word, but I particularly love talking to people who have left the profession because you know that they're out of the game and potentially they have an axe to grind. Why did you leave Accounting Anonymous? Uh, when you do uh, tax returns for people, um, it doesn't pay as quite well as the corporate gigs. So, oh. Yeah, it just went where the money was, I suppose. And, okay, yeah. so it's nothing against accounting necessarily. No, no. no uh, okay. Well. But you just, you just, you know, you, you're doing it for individuals, their work, um, and they, you know, dump you with a shoebox full of receipts at the end of the year <laughs> and say, sort this one out. That's exactly right. So, Does what? that annoy you when you get the shoebox? No, no, it doesn't because um, you just, you, if that happens and they're not organised, you just fluff through and go, oh, yeah, total, uh, here you go, here's your bill. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> so. Interesting. All right, now, Anonymous, why don't they teach us tax in school? Why do they have to do what you did and go to university and figure out what the hell that t- tax is? Well, I don't know if you ever picked up a tax book, but they are quite dry, Uh I reckon um, once you start picking up one of those textbooks and start reading, you'd, uh, you you can fall asleep pretty quick. <laughs> so, yeah, maybe also is uh, they don't want us, you know, knowing the deductions or the loopholes that we can take take advantage of and get the maximum back for our tax. Mm. Well, that's it. I mean, let's talk about loopholes. What are some of the what are some of the loopholes that people don't realise that they can loop, and what are some of the just ridiculous, sneaky things that people have tried to get away with over your time? So straight up, I would tell you, this year, particularly in the pandemic here, you can claim 5,000 Ks off your car uh, with without any logbook and you get a 3,500 tax deduction right there. Ooh. Whoa. Yeah. Okay. Well, I mean, we are not giving out financial this is, advice this is in general, this podcast, no, yeah. general comments. <laughs> this is just someone random commenting here, okay? <laughs> uh, yes, that's true. I should actually point that out, but I am anonymous. But, so that is yes, this is <laughs> That true. is something that's happening this year. Is that Why is that due to the pandemic? Why did they throw that in? Well, it, it's always been a rule, and it's a rule that not anyone knows. So they have it there because they expect that people will use their own car from time to time to mm. do errands that they would otherwise, you know, have to do for work. Now, with the pandemic, uh, a lot of people have worked from home and the ATO considers if you have worked from home, that's also considered a business, like as in your office is considered business. Mm. If you're driving from place to place, you you can deduct that and you can do it without a, you can do it without a logbook. Up to five thousand cases, they just give it to you. That away, sounds so. good. The logbook <laughs> kills me. Um, <laughs> all right, what what other what other little loopholes can we know about? The other is a few other ones. Like a lot of people, uh, phone is another one. If you've always people use their phone a lot for work, mm-hmm. um, you just roughly, you know, you just do your fifty fifty or um, electronic equipment's another one you can always get away with. Mm-hmm. Basically, if you just got to prove you have it for work, so. 
even if you bought a $3,000 gaming rig and said, oh, yeah, you know, I log on to work occasionally, that might be the case. I stream, <laughs> I stream it on Twitch. I have one subscriber who pays me $5 a month. That is income, so I can try, I can claim my whole gaming rig. And that, you're speaking exactly like a tax account. Alex would have you tomorrow. Oh, all righty. Well, sound, he, sounds, he sounds someone like a, someone with a Twitch account and one one uh, streamer. So, well, okay. uh, maybe I'll start uh, getting a few of these Assassin's Creed hours. I'll have my logbook of that and uh, start claiming. We always have a joke in our industry is um, the difference between a good accountant and a great accountant is – a good accountant will get you a a return, but a great accountant will ask, "How much do you want back?" <laughs> <laughs> and then, okay, and then work backwards from there. Exactly. Oh, goodness gracious! <laughs> what percentage are good and of accountants, and what percentage are great accountants? You just got to find the right ones. I mean, they're easier to spot because I know we can all stereotype accountants, so we know what they're like. You know those. Stiffs don't really do much, you know, and trust me, I see a lot of them. Mm. But you do occasionally see, you know, the lads that do go to festivals and that, and then they, you know, those sort of lads, those are the ones you got to, those are the ones you got to pick out. <laughs> right, because they what, can, the lads, <laughs> they, the party get, lads. Yeah. Right, okay. Why? Because they're the most creative with their bookkeeping because they're, they're <laughs> fudging no, numbers they're not, on a Tuesday. What are you? They're not. They're not afraid to stretch the law. They'll take that dollar income from Twitch and then deduct a three thousand dollar gaming rig. No problems. Right. So <laughs> if you ever see a person, an accountant, moshing, crowd surfing at an event, and there's a sign up there that says "No crowd surfing," and they are, you say, "Are you an accountant?" They say, "Yes." They're the people you have to go for. Yeah, give me a business card. Goodness gracious! All right, what about the, what about the ATO? Let's talk about the tax man. What can you do if people? What what can you genuinely do if people are in trouble? We don't get a lot of individuals that generally get in trouble because, mm. to the ATO, they're small fish. Well, it's interesting because I've had an accountant in the past who have offered an audit shield, right? And they're like, "Oh, well, if you pay this much money, it's basically insurance to if you get audited, you don't have to pay the extra, you know, hourly fee for helping you out and fixing the audit thing." But I'm like. Why would the accountants come after me when you're giving them that much money? Am I foolish to be ignoring that service? Uh, that is snake oil, Alex. You do not need that at all. Ooh. That is that is a straight fee. That is an absolute cash pay. There's no way at an individual level you need audit insurance. Goodness me. All right. Wow. Well, this I've, is good um, to know. Lucky I've avoided that one. I think I've received that email a few times as well. <laughs> <laughs> and it's like, but it's like, I also don't want to be bitten by a snake. Maybe I do need some snake oil. <laughs> Unless you've got a couple of properties, some shares, and you've mm. worked overseas. Maybe then. Right. But the accounts will offer to their clients that are most likely not going to get audited. Mm, interesting. Finally, what what are some of the sneaky little things that people are trying to do? I asked you earlier, but what what have you seen people try and claim or just just that you're just like, what are you thinking? People think a lot of childcare stuff's deductible when it's not. Mm, okay. I, I, I think because it's expensive, I suppose. <laughs> yes. <laughs> People You're telling just, me. <laughs> yeah, I'm I, leaking I money know. as we speak. <laughs> um, but um, yeah, okay. So people aren't like, oh, but I, I mean, like the Twitch system, you know, the, the gaming system or anything like that. They're like, oh, but I use my 
fridge to uh, to make my breakfast, my lunch for work. So therefore, I'm yeah, claiming so, my new fridge. So a lot of other people, what they try and do is um, they'll start an ABN because then you're carrying on a business and they'll try and buy a car and get the GST back from the car without putting any income against it. Uh. <laughs> so they're trying to get four or $5,000 back straight up from the ATO thinking it'll be right. So, Goodness. Yeah, probably and shouldn't do that. I can see it from a mile away. The fridge is like, oh, this is a filing cabinet for food. <laughs> I put it in alphabetically. Therefore, <laughs> amazing stuff. All well, right. Well, thank you, Anonymous. Anonymous, uh, thank you so much for joining us. It has been an absolute pleasure talking tax with you and uh, wishing you many happy returns. Cheers, boys. Thank you. All day breakfast. Well, the circus is in town, Alex Dyson. <laughs> oh, it keeps coming round. Oh, I'm the ringmaster, I'll tell you that much. <laughs> Uh-oh. Could what, not believe it. What line have you put your head in their mouth this time, mate? <laughs> <laughs> and it's chomped down on you. Oh, uh, you know when you just you just think, how could you be so stupid? Yeah, I, I do have that sometimes. I, yeah. I, I'd worked all morning, right? Half a day's work on this document that I'm revising, okay? Script document. It's a treatment. 30 pages long. Ooh. They're not small pages. We're talking chock block full of text the entire way through. Yeah. All right? And I and so I'm marking it up. It's not I, I didn't write all the text today. I was marking up, doing all the changes with my little red. You've got to pen read on everything. The computer, and then... reading the whole thing, marking every single little oh, changes punctuation, add this line here, do all this, blah, blah, blah. And then you know what? Okay, so you know what happens, right? This is this is so silly, right? When I export the document to PDF, now through the whole document, thirty pages of text, one line in it requires the text to have a strike through. Do you know what that is? Yeah, when the word when is the crossed line out. is going. I mean, we're all across bold, underlined, italics. Yeah, the strike through mm. is that rare, you know, font effect. And it wasn't, it wasn't coming out in the document that I was changing. So I decided to open up this document in three different PDF readers to see whether it was appearing in any one of them. Because you can, if you highlight it in like Word, you got to go to like format font and you can strike through there. It's yeah, not on but the, then. It's not an easy shortcut. You just got to nah, go, go through. But yeah. then when I exported it to PDF, it wasn't showing up in the PDF. So I was like, why is it happening in the, in the, in the thing I'm typing in, it's not showing on PDF. Anyways, <laughs> I got three of the same document all open on my in my computer. I'm like, well, I don't need these two. Click close. It says, do you want to save this? I said, nah, press no. The whole thing gone, all of my work, four hours. And because I'd said, because it literally said, do you want to save this? Yeah. And I said, no. Well, guess what? It didn't. <laughs> And nor was it obliged to. It wasn't like the computer broke and like it went into quick recover mode. You know when your browser yeah, crashes yeah, and it's yeah, like, yeah. you want me to restore these pages? Auto save. This was literally like, you sure you want to? And I was like, nah. And like, <laughs> all right. In the bin it went. Completely gone. I no recycle bin. No. Absolutely. No. I was in the temps. I was deep in the temps folder <laughs> trying to find. I was in, you know, when you're looking in your like Windows Explorer and there's like, and oh. there's like percentage signs yeah, yeah, in there yeah. and stuff like that. And I'm like, oh, I was trying so and hard. Was, I was, looking was someone expecting files. your notes on it? Was there like a deadline yeah, that you had to be working course. for? <laughs> of course. I had a meeting that afternoon. I was sending it that day. I was going to go get a Luxor. I was so excited. <laughs> 
Instead, I had an extra salty Luxor because I was crying into it because I had to work the whole afternoon now. Oh, mate. Look, I'm not happy. I've lost all my work. I lost all my work. And I felt like crying, but then I also decided to hit up Instagram, the at matt.n.alex page to get some of your stories to make me feel a little bit better. Greg um, got in touch. Well, well, some people tried to make me feel better. Others <laughs> did not, like Greg. <laughs> Bruh, as if you're not on board for autosave to cloud. S-M-D-H. Oh, shut, shut up, Greg. Thank you very much. I don't Shaking need my this. damn head. <laughs> He's an, he uses acronyms as well. <laughs> I don't need messages like that right now, Greg. Okay. Mike says, I broke my brother's hard drive that had all of the photos of his firstborn on there from the ages one to three with no backup. Ooh. 15 years later to this day, I still feel terrible. Oh, Yeah, it could have been Mike. Mike. That is tough stuff. Uh, and oh. Megan has gotten in touch. G'day, Megan. Hey, how you doing? And Megan, you lost a very important uni assignment. What happened? Oh, my God, Maddie, I know how you feel. So about five years ago, I was in my final semester of university, um, and I was doing one of those pro- like these units that it's just a project. Like, you don't have lectures. You don't have to choose. You've just got to work on a project. A full folio um, worth, let me guess, 80% of your mark. <laughs> Yeah, literally. Yeah. And what happened with the document there, Megan? So I had, it was probably like an 80-page report that I'd taken, you know, 13 weeks to do it. I was about a week from submitting it. I was kind of oh, just no. finalising it. And this is back in the days when I was a bit sillier than I am now and I used to always just shut the laptop and I was, like, done with my work. Well, they don't turn <laughs> off in a lot of cases. They're just yeah. rare ready for when you open it back up and you can just keep on typing. But were you saving along the way? Um, No. So I think I had saved earlier. But then as I was going along, I was like, because I was working on it all the time. So I would just shut it and just open it and work on it more. And then one day I was in the library, like a week out from being submitted, and... I shut the laptop, went to go get a coffee, came back, and I opened it, and all the symbols had changed to, like, like all the text had changed to all these weird symbols. Oh, no. Like it was like some sort of wingdings. Like wingdings, yeah. <laughs> oh, no. Wait, so you it hadn't just changed the font accidentally, though? I, I, I did try that. I was like, oh, it's just the font. No, not the font. And because I was interning at this tech startup, I sent my assignment to like 20 different programmers. All of them were like, no, nah, it's good. Sorry, there's nothing we can do. And I pretty much had like exhausted all options as to try and save this. So I had to go to my um, professor. Oh, no. Because he'd been overseas the entire semester. And he was an absolute legend. And he based my entire grade off what I said to him on, like, what I thought my findings were and how I approached it. (laughs) So he let you just (laughs) tell him your assignment from memory (laughs) and and marked you on that. Yeah, and I was just hoping for a pass and he gave me a high distinction. What? What? No! (laughs) A high distinction for someone who opened their laptop, started typing and just didn't stop for 13 weeks until... (laughs) (laughs) And then just had to do a last-minute oral instead of (laughs) present it. What a champion. Oh, Oh, you've done well. And what are you working as now? Do you use your your degree and your your findings? I do, actually. 
Yeah, so I actually, I now work at um, a women's hospital in marketing. Wow. Oh, oh, that's so well, that is a great ending to that though. story, Megan. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I know, and I'm still forgetting my assignment or my work and just um, <laughs> blabbing onto my boss and getting things marked off. <laughs> <laughs> Perfect. Well, thank you right. so much, Megan. Thank you listening. If you've got a story about losing or not backing up something, please get in touch at matt.an.alex. But other than that, hey, look, thanks for joining us. And thank you again to Sam Mack, Alex Dyson. What an absolute legend. Yeah, Accidental Weatherman is a, is a great read, very funny, but also has some real poignant moments in there as well. Sam, a big advocate for mental health, uh, as well as a bunch of other things. So, um, yeah, certainly worth checking that one out. Uh, thank you for tuning in, and we will catch you with another enthralling episode of Matt and Alex tomorrow. I'm going to stop this and save this recording so we can put up this podcast for you. I and if you're hearing this, I've done my job correctly. I have a year's worth of photos of Sophia that I am putting on a cloud right now. <laughs> Do it, man. Do it. That's it. The all-day breakfast kitchen is closed. Got a story we need to hear? All the links are at mattandalex.com.au. Listener.